0: Due to the graphic nature of this story, listener discretion is advised. This episode contains discussions of animal mutilation that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13.
1: September 9th, 1967. Colorado rancher Harry King thought this was a beautiful day. The sun was just peeking over the hills of his property where Harry raised cattle.
0: Harry often worked alone, but he did have one favorite helper, his horse, Lady. Every morning, she eagerly waited in the pasture for her breakfast. But today, Lady was nowhere to be seen. Harry
1: instantly knew that something was wrong.
0: He drove across his vast ranch land, searching for his horse. A quarter mile north of the pasture, he discovered her remains.
1: All that remained of Lady was a gleaming white skeleton. All the skin, tissue, and muscle above her shoulders had been completely stripped off. It was natural for an animal to decay like this over several weeks, but Lady had died the previous
0: night. Initially, Harry suspected predators and scavengers were responsible for Lady's gruesome condition. But there were no animal tracks near her body, and her wounds were clean, like they'd been made with a knife, not claws.
1: It was like Lady had been mutilated by someone on purpose. And to make matters worse, she wasn't the only victim. In the years after Harry's discovery, Hundreds of cattle were mutilated under strange circumstances, and the killer is still at large today.
0: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly.
1: And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
0: Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify.
1: This is our first episode on cattle mutilation. This phenomenon seemingly began in the 1970s when thousands of livestock were mysteriously butchered in their pastures. Their gruesome bodies left farmers bewildered and horrified.
0: Today, we'll cover the way the mutilations began and spread across the country and the paranoia that engulfed cattle farmers. We'll also explore the subsequent federal investigation and its ramifications.
1: Next time, we'll dissect the clues related to the mutilations. Investigators pointed to possible cattle rustlers, satanic cults, and even an alleged government cover-up.
0: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
1: Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented
2: by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly.
1: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Livestock farming is an enormous part of the American economy. Grazing lands cover more than one-third of the continental United States, totaling around 640 million acres. That's almost the same size as the entire country of Argentina.
0: Across that land, American livestock farmers work hard to earn their living. They often wake before dawn and toil until sunset. They spend most of the day performing manual labor, like feeding animals and repairing equipment.
1: All that effort usually pays off. Each year, the livestock and poultry industries earn more than $100 billion. A single heifer can be worth thousands. With hundreds of animals on a farm, the payout can be huge.
0: But there are plenty of disasters that could strike before payday. Bad weather, low market prices, even epidemics within the herds. One of the most common illnesses is called blackleg.
1: Blackleg primarily affects young cattle under the age of two. The bacteria mainly live in contaminated spores in the soil. As cows graze, they often eat bits of dirt caught in the grass' roots. Once the bacteria enters their system, the results are usually fatal.
0: Cows infected with blackleg become lethargic, develop a fever, and often don't eat. At the final stages, the animal's legs and muscle tissues turn dark with gangrene. Soon after, the cow succumbs and dies.
1: If the farmers can diagnose the diseases early, they may be able to save the animal's life. Unfortunately, illness isn't the only threat to cattle. Farmers must also be aware of predators.
0: The average large cattle farm in the United States is around 2,900 acres, more than four square miles. On a farm that big, it's impossible to watch and protect all the animals at once. This means that cattle are often unguarded, making them a prime target for coyotes, cougars, and wolves.
1: To protect their livestock, farmers train guard dogs and build fences. But even with those precautions, predators can still find a way to the herd. Their attacks are often fast and vicious.
0: Which means most ambushes result in a mangled corpse. According to veterinarians, predators grab and tear at the cow's flesh, leaving gashes in the skin and muscle tissue. The scene is a gruesome, bloody mess.
1: But hungry animals only cause about 2% of cattle deaths on farms. There's a far more dangerous predator for farmers to worry about, humans.
0: Livestock theft is called rustling. Cattle rustlers often sneak onto farms under the cover of night and herd animals into a truck. They auction them off to eager buyers within a few days of the raid.
1: In the Old West, cattle rustling was a serious crime, often punished by hanging. Back then, a farmer's herd represented the difference between survival and starvation. So law enforcement treated cattle rustlers with the same severity they treated murderers.
0: In the 1970s, rustling was still a major issue on Midwestern and Western farms. After all, the crime hurt farmers where it mattered most their paychecks.
1: When a farmer purchased a heifer or bull, they weren't just looking to resell the meat. Each cow represented a long-term financial investment, paying dividends in offspring, milk, and eventually beef.
0: To protect their investment, farmers sunk thousands of dollars into the care and maintenance of their herd. This included feeding them, providing yearly vaccinations, and employing farmhands to monitor their progress.
1: So, when cattle rustlers stole even one cow, they destroyed years of work and thousands of dollars of investment. For example, in 1972, Iowa livestock farmers lost more than three million dollars because of rustlers, and that was just one state.
0: Sometimes, the thieves took most of a herd. In other instances, they targeted lone animals. And occasionally, rustlers simply killed and butchered cows on the spot for their meat.
1: And the nature of rustling made it difficult for law enforcement to make arrests. Most of the cattle weren't branded. This meant buyers didn't realize their new cow was stolen property. Rustlers got away with the money, and nobody could trace the theft.
0: By the early 1970s, livestock farmers were at their wits' end. Cattle rustling cost them millions of dollars annually, and they finally demanded action. In
1: 1973, United States Attorney Alan Donelson answered their pleas. He announced the FBI and the Iowa Bureau of Investigation were teaming up against the cattle rustlers.
0: With the FBI's manpower and investigatory resources, many farmers hoped that rustling would soon come to an end.
1: But they were wrong. Within a few months, the investigation dried up, but the danger for cattle farmers became more gruesome and mysterious than ever.
0: In late 1973, Texas Ranger Hap Roberts received a call to examine the corpses of two dead cows. As an agent for a cattle farmers association in Kingsville, Texas, this dispatch seemed like any other.
1: Over his career, Roberts had investigated over 400 cases of mysterious or illegal cattle deaths. Almost always, he concluded, the cows had been slaughtered by a predator.
0: But this time, when Roberts examined the carcasses, he found something he'd never seen before. The ears, tails, and sexual organs were missing. One cow had a perfect slit along its chest, as if someone had tried to perform heart surgery.
1: This wasn't the work of predators or rustlers, someone had mutilated the two cows on purpose. The evidence was baffling, and this case was just the beginning.
0: Coming up, the mutilation mystery spreads across the Midwest. The most urgent mysteries in the world are missing persons
2: cases. The stakes are too high not to pursue every plausible possibility, and some implausible ones too. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new podcast, Disappearances. In 2020, after spending years searching for the truth, I used social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades long disappearance. Now, every Thursday on Spotify, I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and the impact their absences can have on those left behind. From child abductions and mystifying murders, to those who took drastic measures to start over, each episode of Disappearances journeys through a different high-profile missing persons case, ripped from the headlines and ripe for explanation. Because no one just vanishes into thin air. The answers are out there, waiting to be found. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast Disappearances. Hear a new episode every Thursday, free and only on Spotify.
1: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night
0: Throughout the history of American ranching, cattle farmers dealt with many threats to their livestock. Disease, predators, and rustlers often ravaged herds, threatening farmers' livelihoods.
1: But in the early 1970s, a disturbing new problem emerged. The animals weren't simply killed or stolen, they were mutilated.
0: In 1973, special ranger Hap Roberts discovered two cows butchered in Kingsville, Texas. The corpses didn't seem to be the work of predators or rustlers. In fact, the case was unlike any animal attack Roberts had ever seen.
1: The tongues, tails, and sexual organs were missing. He also discovered that someone had carved a large triangle into one of their
0: hides. Roberts wasn't the only one dealing with this new, violent issue. For the next several months, mutilation cases spread throughout the Midwest. Farmers from Iowa to Colorado reported mysterious attacks on their herds.
1: Most of the time, the cows were missing several body parts, including ears, eyes, lips, and sometimes their udders. Many of the butchered bovines were completely drained of blood.
0: Law enforcement and farmers' associations announced generous rewards to anyone who could provide information on the attacks. In Colorado, the bounty was as high as $10,000.
1: Despite these incentives, investigations usually came up empty. Except for one strange recurring clue.
0: Many farmers spotted black, unmarked helicopters circling their land. A day or two later, they'd find livestock butchered near the spot the helicopters had been hovering.
1: This wasn't just one or two choppers. Across the Midwest, witnesses flooded law enforcement with reports of these mysterious aircraft.
0: All of them told a similar story. The helicopters flew low over pastures and farms, often at night, They were painted black or dark green and had no markings or symbols, which was illegal.
1: The Federal Aviation Administration requires all helicopters to display identification numbers near their tail. But in 1973, several witnesses specifically looked for these numbers on the mystery choppers and only saw a plain spot where the ID should have been.
0: This meant nobody could tell if the choppers belonged to a company, a government agency, or if they were privately owned. But the sightings kept piling up, and so did the mutilated cattle.
1: In late 1973, Kansas farmers witnessed numerous helicopters hovering over cattle pens around the time 44 cows were mutilated across the state. Other agricultural workers in Rome, Iowa, spotted a dark green helicopter flying low just four days before 35 head of cattle vanished.
0: Their target wasn't just cows. Over several weeks, unmarked helicopters appeared over James Hagler's Missouri pig farm. Five pigs later went missing, and Hagler decided he'd had enough.
1: On the evening of October 18, 1973, Hagler slept outdoors to watch over his livestock. In the middle of the night, Hagler awoke to the sound of a helicopter flying low over the pig pen.
0: He grabbed his rifle and sprinted towards the chopper, taking aim at the cockpit. But before he could pull the trigger, someone fired at him.
1: At the sound of a second discharge, Hagler realized that the bullets weren't coming from the chopper. An armed man was standing in the pig pen. Hagler took aim and fired, and the man fled into the surrounding woods. The helicopter flew away before Hagler could get off another shot.
0: A few hours later, as the sun rose, Hagler checked on his pigs. As he gazed down at the pig pen, a bullet whizzed through his hat. Someone
1: was shooting at him again, but Hagler couldn't tell where the sniper was. He fired twice at where he thought the bullet had come from. Then he fled the scene.
0: After Hagler's violent encounter, reports of unmarked helicopters multiplied. Through the end of 1973 and into 1974, mutilations piled up on American farms, often in conjunction with chopper sightings.
1: More farmers took up arms against the suspicious aircraft. At the sight of the dark green or black paint, farmers often fired on copters, even innocent ones. In
0: 1974, a Nebraska farmer mistook a public utility helicopter for one of the unmarked choppers. As the oblivious workers checked cables on a power line, the farmer took a shot at them.
1: Luckily, no one was hurt, but the ramifications were enormous. The farmers' paranoia was reaching a boiling point. Innocent pilots were in danger.
0: The fear was so palpable that the Nebraska National Guard even changed their standing orders. They directed their helicopters to fly at 2,000 feet rather than the typical 1,000. That way, they were out of range of farmers' gunfire.
1: Even so, Colorado Senator Floyd Haskell was worried somebody could be seriously hurt. He begged the FBI to investigate the mutilations and the helicopters, but the Bureau refused. They said the case wasn't in their jurisdiction because the livestock never crossed state borders.
0: Haskell pointed out that mutilations were occurring in multiple states. That must mean there was a coordinated interstate operation. But no matter how much the senator pleaded, the FBI didn't budge.
1: While the feds didn't launch an investigation, local law enforcement had no problem pursuing the helicopters.
0: On the evening of August 21st, 1975, Sheriff Tex Graves spotted an unmarked chopper flying over Logan County, Colorado. He'd seen them many times before, but this was the first time he was able to follow one of the aircraft.
1: Graves tracked the helicopter in a patrol car while a deputy tried to keep up in an airplane. Graves communicated with his second-in-command through the radio to make sure they didn't get too close. If the mysterious helicopter pilot got suspicious, he'd certainly try to lose them.
0: For hours, the cops trailed the helicopter at a distance. Around midnight, Two men who claimed to work for the U.S. Air Force stopped them along a desolate stretch of Colorado Highway. They offered to help in the chase, as they could monitor the pursuit with radar at a nearby Air Force base.
1: This seemed like a huge advantage. Graves and his men could know where the unmarked helicopter was, even if they lost sight of it.
0: But the Air Force officers didn't provide the assistance Graves had hoped for. They claimed there was a third aircraft in the sky near the helicopter, but none of the deputies saw anything. The contradictory information made it even more difficult to follow the chopper. At 4.30
1: a.m. near a missile silo in Nebraska, the helicopter's lights went out. The airborne deputy assumed the chopper was landing. He descended to 100 feet to get a better look at the grounded copter. But the mystery aircraft was nowhere in sight on the ground. It was like
0: it had vanished into thin air. Law enforcement was back to square one, but the mutilations didn't stop. On October 21, 1975, employees arrived for work at the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo in Wyoming. It was a freezing cold morning, so the staff went to check on the animals immediately.
1: The zoo workers discovered one of their bison was dead and mutilated. The only tracks in the pen belonged to the other animals inside with no sign of a predator.
0: The freezing temperatures had preserved her body, allowing a veterinarian and the county coroner to examine the corpse.
1: They determined that someone or something had cut off the bison's udder, her ear and a section of hide. Her reproductive organs were also gone.
0: The veterinarian found bloody fluid in the bison's abdomen, her body tissue, and even in her eyeballs. The doctor didn't know of any disease with those symptoms, and the bison hadn't seemed sick before she died.
1: The county coroner's autopsy report said, quote, "...the cutting was done neatly, cleanly. It was better than I could do if I were trying." It was really an expert job.
0: The mutilator had sliced the hide, but hadn't pierced the underlying tissue layer, a very specific and difficult cut. According to the coroner, the perpetrator had to be a human being, not an animal.
1: And the bison's case wasn't unique. Across the country, autopsies revealed that many mutilated cattle had been slaughtered by someone who seemed to have surgical knowledge. The incisions were clean and efficient.
0: The mutilations had a pattern, but authorities were no closer to catching the culprit. And the ongoing attacks on cattle came at a price. By the end of the 1970s, they'd cost farmers as much as $2.5 million, or $12 million today.
1: They gained national attention. Newsweek and the New York Times ran stories that claimed the mutilations had been carried out by human beings.
0: Finally, the significant financial losses, public pressure, and medical mystery were enough to inspire a federal investigation. More than five years after the FBI first declined the case, an agent agreed to look into the phenomenon. But what he discovered left livestock farmers angry and unsettled and only deepened the mystery.
1: Coming up, the FBI takes the case.
0: Now back to the story.
1: Throughout the 1970s, American farmers discovered thousands of their cows butchered and mutilated. Someone apparently made surgical cuts to remove the animal's facial features, muscle tissue, and sexual organs. By the end of the decade, law enforcement hadn't made a single arrest.
0: As the livestock industry lost more and more money, the public pressured the federal government to intervene. In 1979, the Law Enforcement Assistance Administration, or LEAA, finally launched an investigation.
1: The LEAA was a short-lived organization created to help local and state governments manage crimes within their borders. The agency allocated just $50,000 to the cattle mutilation case, a mere fraction of what farmers had lost in the past decade.
0: A former FBI agent named Kenneth Rommel directed the operation. For most of his career, Rommel had investigated bank robberies and worked in counterespionage. After 28 years in the Bureau, Rommel was happy to end on a high-profile assignment like the mutilation investigation.
1: But some farmers question Rommel's involvement. Just four years earlier, the Bureau had refused to investigate because the mutilations weren't a federal crime. Now the presence of an ex-FBI agent seems strange.
0: Nevertheless, Rommel assembled a database of articles from magazines, newspapers, photographs, and law enforcement reports. Then he traveled to the affected states to ask local authorities about the attacks.
1: Many livestock officials reiterated that the mutilations were the work of people, not predators. To see for himself, Rommel drove to the sites of recent attacks.
0: In June 1980, less than a year after beginning his research, Rommel concluded his investigation. He immediately released his report and angered many farmers who'd been eagerly waiting for answers.
1: Rommel claimed the organ removals were typical of animal attacks. In fact, predators often ate the same body parts that the cows were missing.
0: Rommel credited the clean surgical incisions to scavengers as well. Citing a veterinarian at the University of Missouri, he explained that even though the cuts looked like they'd been made by a blade, they were actually claw marks. He claimed some predators' claws were as sharp as knives.
1: He even offered an explanation for the apparent lack of blood in some carcasses. According to Rommel's research, when the heart stops beating, gravity takes over. The blood settles into the cavities at the bottom of the corpse. This explained why there wasn't any blood in the animal's system, though it didn't specify where it went.
0: As for the mutilation of the carcasses, Rommel attributed that to scavengers. When they devoured decomposing corpses, they started with the organs and easy-to-remove external tissues, like ears and lips.
1: Most controversially, Rommel dismissed all the previous reports about helicopters and mystery rustlers. He blamed the press for running hyped-up stories. Rommel insisted there was no evidence of any human intervention in the mutilations.
0: He pointed out that no one had claimed the reward money for information about cattle mutilators. If rustlers were responsible for the attacks, it stood to reason that someone would have sold them out for the cash, but nobody had.
1: Rommel concluded that local authorities had given too much weight to wild, baseless speculation. He believed that the simplest answer was the correct one, that predators were the obvious
0: culprit. Unfortunately, Rommel's report didn't include any suggestions to stop the mutilations. In fact, in the same month he published his findings, another strange incident occurred in Moffat, Colorado. In June
1: 1980, the Sutherland family was just sitting down to dinner when they heard the sound of a helicopter outside. As the noise faded away, they assumed it was a utility helicopter.
0: But 15 minutes later, it returned. This time, it flew close to the house, almost on top of it. The family dashed outside.
1: Unlike the dark green or black unmarked helicopters that were so well known, this chopper was small and yellow. The Sutherlands watched it hover over the pasture where they kept their prize bull. Then it rose into the sky, flew over their heads, and disappeared.
0: The next morning, the Sutherlands found that same bull mutilated in the pasture. Someone or something had cut out its eyes and sheared off its penis.
1: They called the local airports to inquire about a yellow helicopter, but nobody had any record of aircraft that matched their description.
0: The Sutherlands, distraught over their loss, left their dead bull in the field for months Usually, hungry animals and insects would feast on a decomposing corpse. But according to the family, nothing ever touched the rotting bull.
1: It was like predators had no interest in the meat. According to Mrs. Sutherland, even the flies that landed on its skin immediately dropped dead.
0: Years passed, but the Sutherlands never found out why the scavengers avoided the dead bull, Or what had killed it? In the meanwhile, the mysterious mutilations continued throughout the 1980s and 90s. The helicopter sightings waned, but the mystery persisted.
1: As recently as 2021, farmers have found mutilated livestock in their pastures. From February to April, ranchers in Crook County, Oregon, discovered dozens of cattle with their udders removed.
0: According to officials, the Crook County mutilations featured straight surgical cuts like so many others over the previous four decades. But just as previous investigations had come up empty decades before, modern detectives found few clues and no suspects.
1: Officials currently estimate that as many as 10,000 cattle were mutilated in the 1970s. To this day, all the cases remain unsolved which has led many farmers to develop their own explanations.
0: Some believe the attacks are the work of the federal government. It could be using livestock to test toxic chemicals or in preparation for nuclear warfare. Perhaps the mutilations are part of a massive cover-up.
1: Or maybe the animal's injuries are the work of satanic cults who harvest the organs for their dark ceremonies. In the 1970s, authorities received dozens of reports of dark hooded figures roaming farmlands.
0: Others allege the men in the helicopters are simply cattle rustlers. Perhaps the mutilations are the work of thieves, carving off pieces of meat for easy profit.
1: But maybe mutilation experts aren't thinking big enough. Many believe the cattle mutilations are the work of an extraterrestrial society with advanced technology. The kinds of alien beings who don't leave tracks.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We'll be back next time with part two of Cattle Mutilations. We'll explore whether cattle wrestlers, satanic cults, or the federal government could be responsible.
1: For more information on cattle mutilations amongst the many sources we used, we found Stalking the Herd by Christopher O'Brien extremely helpful to our research.
0: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify.
1: See you next time.
0: And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
1: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Anthony Valsic, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Alex Bernard, with writing assistance by Andrew Messer and Angela Jorgensen. Fact-checking by Cara McErlean and research by Chelsea Wood. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner.
2: I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Disappearances. Every Thursday, join me for an exploration into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Following timelines, analyzing clues and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the truth. From prison breaks and child abductions to second chances, and even murder. We'll journey through the many reasons people disappear. Follow my new podcast, Disappearances, free and only on Spotify.